what do you think it is that all these rappers are either big something or little something? Well, it's never in the middle. Like, who's the rapper right. that's going to speak up for the class? It's like right I, there in the center. I did used to be called Medium Steve for a while. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I'm guessing the ones that are medium size just don't declare a size. Like, right. Like X, like DMX. He's not big DMX. Yeah. Nor well, he, he, declare, he declares that he is, in fact, a dog, though. Yeah. Ro, ro, ar, ar. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> horror movie fans, to Dead and Lovely, your favorite horror movie review podcast. And all the known galaxy and beyond. Here with the host of the most, why it's me, your good buddy Uncle Ben. And me, my what's this, Wow, man, that thing had some bravado behind it. Yeah. Some well, regality, the pageantry. Was, you could hear the echoes because it was coming from the Hollywood Hills. Mm-hmm. And it was echoing throughout the hills all the way here to Tennessee. Wow, man. Mm-hmm. It, the thunderous reverberations <laughs> pounded me to my core. So, Steve, how are you doing on this unseasonably cool middle of June day that feels like it's in goddamn October? Great, because it feels like it's October. It's cold out there. It's a normal, average temperature that feels wonderful. Is it? Is it, though? It is. You is gotta eat a sandwich. Yeah? Yeah. Build some insulation? You don't have enough sandwiches in you. Oh, okay. One gotcha. sandwich will warm you for an hour, but teach a man to sandwich... And he's never cold. Right, right, You know that saying. I think I only sandwich maybe once a month max. I'm very (laughs) under-sandwiched. Steve, I'd like to drink to that. Me too. Let's get ourselves a pull of a cold beer. I'm excited about this. This is from Pretentious, which is a uh, beloved Knoxville, Tennessee brewery. This is their Choice Hops, which is a 5.7%er here. Uh, it's apparently on the lighter side of their IPA range. Yeah, that yeah, five percent for an IPA. That's pretty low, but still, it's got a nice golden kind of color here. A little bit of suds on top of this thing. The smell is good, but it's not like IPA like strong smell. Yeah, well, especially from Potentious, a lot of their stuff is extremely yeah. like kicky in the face. Yeah, this is way different than anything I've had there. I would say, yeah. And also a bit milder uh, on the percentage wise yeah. from a lot of this stuff. Let's let's get ourselves a tug I'm of this good. thing here and see what it does for us there. I do enjoy myself a quality pretentious beer. Oh wow. How's that treat you? Despite the fact that you couldn't smell the the pine hop, the taste is there. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. not terribly sweet. It's very quite dry. Very dry. It has a little bit of that brute thing yeah. going on. But it's not it's not that, but it has a hint of it. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I'm digging it. I really hope that one day Pretentious gets like big enough that they can distribute yeah. massively. Well, so that, that I mean, they are starting things. to sell some cans and stuff at the store. Yeah, right. to get to get them out to everybody. I'd, I'd love for most of our listeners that may never get to try Pretentious mm-hmm. to actually get it near them. Right. Yeah. Elsewise, they just got to come to Knoxville, hang out with us, and drink a cold one. That'd be a damn shame, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? That'd just be terrible. <laughs> How you been this week, Steve? I've been good. Yeah? What's yeah. going on? Um, my wife and I switched offices. Look out. Which uh, is not seemingly a big deal, but it, it actually is because the office I've moved into is is way better for recording. Way more suited for a man. It's a bigger office. I think it is a little bit smaller, maybe, but oh, it's... Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it has carpet, which is something I absolutely hate, but when you're talking about recording... Makes it Carpet better. can yeah. definitely help 
Also, my wife just got a, a laptop, so I'm using our old monitor now as a dual monitor setup. Look at one for each eyeball. One for each eyeball. Well, one of them is a 720p monitor, so like I don't put video or anything on it, but it's perfect for playing an emulator because you nice. don't want it to be high def. Feels just like the old days, exactly. huh? Exactly. You want That's it to awesome. look like Super Nintendo. I've been playing NBA Live 96. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah. Some real old school stuff. Yeah, I just keep it up whenever I got like a couple minutes or, you know, just need to kill like 10, 20 minutes. I'll play a game. Are you running just like emulators on your computer, or do you have like a, yeah, just a Raspberry Pi kind of thing? Oh no, I, no, I want one of those. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good setup. Oh man, I Hook really it up want to your those. TV. Yeah. What are the games you've been playing? Oh, I've just been playing NBA Eleven Ninety Six. I like. I tried recently to play Mega Man X, which is the shit. Such that's what I was about game. to ask you if you were playing. I fucking love that game, yeah. and, and used to destroy that game. Same. I remember like getting all the pieces of armor and being able to do the Ryu the fireball and yeah. everything. Yeah. Started playing it, and I can't play platformers anymore. I'm not good at them. Really? You've kind of lost it, huh? Yeah, because like I mostly play RPGs or sports games on newer generation consoles, mm-hmm. and they're so much more forgiving. <laughs> it's not that like fast yeah. twitch, mega ultra, exactly. laser like reaction and speed so thing. For well over a decade, I've been like, because I, I stopped playing um, first person shooters uh, about 10 years ago. Where I just couldn't do it anymore. Not, not. I loved it. I loved fucking no scoping people with sniper rifles and going insane and just absolutely dominating a game like that. That was so much fun. But it's also uh, it brings out. I'm I'm competitive in a way that I try to hide. Okay, <laughs> but I can't when I play first person shooters and it comes out the beast is loose. Yeah, and I felt bad. I, I just wow. felt bad about myself playing it all the time. So I stopped playing that sort of stuff and now when I go to do anything in a video game that requires like timing and speed, it's like I suck. Damn. Like, I can't in um, Super Punch-Out I, I can get past Mr. Sandman, so that's the major circuit. I can get past the minor and the major circuit, but then I get destroyed by Aaron Ryan. Mm. And, like, I remember beating Aaron Ryan in, like, 30 seconds yeah. back when I was a kid, but now it's just destroyed constantly. That's, that's one of those games that I was hardcore obsessed with yeah. when I was a kid. And, like, yes. I, I had... All the shit memorized yeah. where it's like everybody was beaten in like 13 yes. seconds, you know, like you could beat that first guy in like 11 seconds. Oh, yeah, you can. Like yeah, that. you can destroy Gabby J. <laughs> yeah, dude. There's so many good games back then. Super man. Nintendo was amazing. And Sega. Super Nintendo and Sega. Because like Sega had the fighting games. Super Nintendo, of course, they went bloodless on their fighting games. Yeah, right. And also their, I feel like their frame rate was slower on like uh, Street Fighter and stuff. Hmm. Like if you, if you played it on Genesis, it seemed to flow better. Okay. I always liked using the Super Controller a lot better than yeah. the Genesis Controller though. Yeah. 
Because, uh, yeah, I like the bumpers. Yeah, exactly. It's way Same. better than yeah. three, three in a row, row uh-huh. kind of thing. I never really got used to that. Yeah. I just was watching a video earlier today, and it included, they were talking about Shining Force. Oh, yeah. Did you ever play that? I know of it, but I never yeah. played it. Shining Force was so good. The best, I, I think maybe the best game on Sega Genesis, but wow. I'm not positive. Wow, man. Somebody might disagree. You know, the thing is, is like, it's easy for us, you know, fucking farts in our mid-30s to talk about how great the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis and like yeah. even PS1 eras were uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah. But let's not forget, that's when there was really no like quality control for games. Oh, yeah. There were so many shitty games. Dude, there would be all these games released that had extremely buggy controls uh-huh. and horrible hit detection that were basically... Yeah unplayable and unbeatable you know nba live 96 a game i've been playing for the past week or so Mm -hmm. sucks it's a bad game but i (laughs) i loved it as a kid and so like i keep playing it but like there's no defense your uh your team won't get any rebounds because you're basically in control of them and it's impossible to control five guys all at once and then the other team gets all the rebounds because it's the computer controlling it. It's the worst. Right. But it's just nostalgia. Well, in between playing them video games, you told me that you watched something that I watched last week, which is the yeah, Bash Bros we Experience. Need, we need to talk about By this. the Lonely Island on Netflix. The unauthorized Bash Brothers Experience is sublime, is yeah? the only way to say it. So it got real good to you. Yeah. See, to me, it's like me knowing nothing about pro sports right. or anything like that. I was like... This is just weird and pointless and strange. And I was yeah. like, I know of these characters from probably playing sports video games. Right, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire. Yeah, and uh-huh. like having friends that were really into sports. But it's like me not knowing anything about yeah. their whole situation or whatever. I didn't really understand a lot of it, but I appreciated how silly and stupid it was. But it, I, it really yeah. worked for you, huh? Yeah, I'm the ex- like I think I'm a year younger, maybe than those guys, but we're about the same age as the Lonely Island guys. Yeah, not the Lonely Island guys, Mark not McGuire. Mark McGuire. Was a good singer. <laughs> I am not that old, but like I was also super into sports. They were huge into sports. I remember watching because like my mom's boyfriend in the late '80s was from Oakland. Okay. So I remember watching a ton of Oakland Athletics games and stuff like, and me and my cousin Buddy, um, who played baseball together, um, we would do the forearm smash instead of high-fiving. So that was not something they made up. That's no. something that they used to do in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Um, and it's, all, it's also something that like tons of kids emulated. Like it wasn't just me and my cousin Buddy. Like we weren't the only ones. Like tons of kids emulated that playing baseball. It was like dabbing was, back then. Yeah. It was. Okay. Yeah. I except, you know, less cringy. Right. <laughs> yeah, a little less. Not much though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like uh, that, I don't know. That whole experience really just captured for me a lot of the way I thought. But in like I read an interview with them after that because I watching it, I was just like, this is just nailed it. Uh, and I read an interview with them and what they said was they, they tried to remember what they thought Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco's lives were like when they were kids. Okay, nice. That makes sense. Then. Yeah, so yeah. they were trying to portray them the way they imagined their lives would be when they were like eight years old. So... That's why they have all the weird, like, Steven Seagal <laughs> interior decorating. And, like, right. they're just, like, lifting women and stuff. <laughs> that like, scene was awesome. Yeah. 
So I, I don't know. I love it. It really hit me just perfectly. I can't wait for them to do another record. The Lonely Island albums are just they That so actually, they released the Unauthorized Bash Brothers Experience as an album. It's on, I think, SoundCloud. Oh, you yeah? You can just listen really? to it for free. Yeah, full album. Nice. But yeah, they, man, th- those guys, super funny. Uh, I After watching that, my wife and I had to rewatch seven days in hell and then tour to pharmacy which are the other two sports like 30 40 minutes yeah it's like a sports trilogy of sorts yeah i just just from reading the interview with them they started doing this just as a joke like they were just talking and they were talking about the bash brothers jose canseco and mark mcguire and they were like what would it be like if they were rappers okay and so they basically came up with that first song which is jose canseco being over the top and mark mcguire being boring and they came up with that and then like every once in a while they'd get together and when they'd get together they'd be like you want to write some more of that bash brothers stuff so this sounds like some shit that we would do exactly this is what i'm saying yeah and, only and, it would be about like sean michaels and marty Janetti. exactly yeah like it's exactly that they were just doing it to fuck around they had no intention of it ever being anything it was just them hanging out and being friends and then uh akiva schaefer uh who was working on uh, it's akiva schaffer i think okay he's working on a netflix show and he just started talking about the bash brothers things with the executive producer of the show and he was like you want to make it for Netflix? <laughs> and they bit. <laughs> and they did. They're like, what oh, the okay. So they just took this ridiculous, super inside joke, and Netflix bought it and turned it into a thirty-minute lemonade-style music experience. That's ridiculous. It's so awesome. I'm glad that you enjoyed it because I was watching it and I was like, you know what? I like this, but I'm sure that people that yeah, if you remember, know, yeah. You know, being around while they were the Bash Brothers and they were huge and stuff. Yeah, I bet like, they'd love it. The Walt Weiss joke in it was so specific. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> no clue. He was the shortstop. He was a very skinny sort of guy. And Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire were gigantic. Yeah, yeah. They were yeah. on the roids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they joke about that a lot. Also, apparently, Jose Canseco tweeted at them and he liked it. And he wants to do something with him. So Holy shit. That's really cool. That's so rad, man. They're the best. I love yeah. the Lonely Island so much, man. Great. You know, we both together watched something this week that we I want to talk about and give a little mini review ski for yeah. here because there's Spoiler been warning. all of this hype and stuff flying around mm-hmm. about the new Netflix original movie, The Perfection. It yeah. is an original horror movie that Netflix has put out, and... It gave me shades of that Veronica hype. Listen to our Veronica episode if yeah. you want to learn more about that, where it's like, people aren't finishing it. They're throwing up. People, people are, are throwing so up is what they were saying. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I knew right away, of course, that it was not going to make me throw up, and I was not right. going to be unable to finish it. I mean, they're not going to put something like that on Netflix, for crying out loud. That's just viral marketing shit. Mm. But I did want to watch it, because I know it's kind of a, a hot, relevant topic. Yeah. Kate and I watched it the other night. I told you, it's like, yeah, you should check this out so we can talk about it on the yeah. show. So uh, before we get into our Child's Play stuff here, we're going to break down just a little mini spoilery review of The Perfection. And I'll say, let, let, let's do it this way. Okay. Before we get into the stuff that's going to be really spoiler heavy, would you recommend that people should watch it? Yes or no? Yeah. Soft yes. Same. Um, I'm going to say the yes. same. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's really, it's like, it's an hour and a half. 
if you already have Netflix, you're not going to be spending money on it. Yeah. And once again, I go back to the stuff that we said about the ritual and all these other flicks. We need to show Netflix that if they put out original horror content, yeah, people we'll will watch, watch it. it. So yeah. please keep putting out more. Is it the best thing I've ever seen? No. No. It, does it live up to the hype? No, no. Not at all. Is it serviceable and decent? Yeah. Has some memorable scenes? Yeah. There's some stuff to it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into the spoilers, though. I got a lot to say. Yeah. And <laughs> if you uh, if you want to skip ahead here and dodge the, the spoilerific stuff, we'll put a timestamp in the episode description. Yeah. So just be sure to click on that on whatever podcast app you're using, and it'll tell you where the spoilers lie for our review of The Perfection. So here beyond last spoilers. Beware. Beware. Here's what I would say about The Perfection. Tell me what you think about it. Uh, it was 25 minutes of a good movie. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the hour and something that followed would have all possibly been a good movie, but it was all ruined for me by the Ocean's Eleven style rewind The rewinds. Sequences. The literal rewinds. In fact, it depended so much on being able to rewind and show you what happened from a different perspective that at one point there's a flashback during a rewind. That's a little bit excessive. That's, That's a, a little bit excessive. very much excessive. Now, uh, Allison Williams is great in it. I don't remember the other actress's name, but also great in it. I think all the act, all the acting in it is real good. Some of the dialogue is dicey. There's That's some, true. There's some crap dialogue in yeah. there, but the fact is, is that they had such great um, actors and actresses yeah. that they sold it decently convincingly. Yeah. Under less able hands, it would have turned out really bad. Sure, it would yes. turn out really, really bad. Because the the production value is high. The it production looks is great. great. It is a gorgeous uh-huh. movie. It really, really is. Like I just constantly kept like kind of pausing the movie and been like, man, this looks great. It does. This isn't a big yeah. budget Hollywood movie or anything like that. This is a straight to streaming production, and it looks killer. And gorgeous movie. The tension that starts the morning after Allison Williams and. Um, I can't remember the character. Oh, name. what's her name? Yeah, the moment after these two cellists have their their romp, and then we start to see this sickness coming out, and it seems at first like a hangover, but then it's like it gets more and more intense. Mm-hmm. The tension that raises and it's nice, and yeah. It's like nice and sort of develops over ten to fifteen minutes. It's real good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is very well done, and it gets I, into some I was like, like uh, me, like thinking, "This is a great, like this is gonna be great." Yeah, we're only twenty something minutes into this, and it's awesome, right? But then what you kind of realize is that all that great stuff that you're talking about lasts about thirty five minutes. Yeah, and that's everything that you see in the trailer. Yeah, everything in the trailer leads you to believe. Yeah, that no it's reason one to watch the trailer because it spoils the entire first 30 minutes of the movie yeah but then after you get out of that first you know 30 35 minutes worth of movie then you're like okay what movie am i in now because yeah it completely puts you in different turf because this movie hinges on having a million twists in it yeah and it would have been better if it was written straightforward i think so because i i know this happens with Everybody who sits down to write, they're like, I'm going to change the entire form of screenwriting. 
And that can be cool if you do Dust Till Dawn. Sure, or maybe, yeah, maybe you pull out a, a nice Pulp Fiction style mm-hmm. thing where a bunch of different stories are coming together in different times. Like, yeah, that's all so kind I guess of what interesting. Saying, if you're Tarantino, you can do this. I guess, yeah, I guess if you're Tarantino, you can do this. <laughs> but if you're doing it, I mean, basically you're doing it so that you can keep raising tension but it's artificial tension that relies on the fact that we don't know the thing that you refuse to tell us exactly and that is my biggest problem with the movie and it ties into all the twists and the rewinds and stuff like this it doesn't all hinge on careful deceptive ambiguous storytelling it relies on unreliable narrative yeah that thing where you're like i can't trust what the cameraman is showing me right now right they're framing it in a way that makes it look one way mm-hmm. and then it's not yeah i wrote this to you i <laughs> yeah this is the best text this really this sums up the movie extremely well because i watched it and i was Honestly, I had zero expectations for this movie. My expectations were at like Veronica level where I'm like, okay, this is going to be garbage again. Yeah. So I watched it and I was like, okay, it was better than I expected. So mm-hmm. I texted you and I was like, yeah, you got to watch this right now. And yeah. then you kind of came did. back with a, a perfect response of yeah. what it's like. So I, this was my text to you. To me, it was like someone who can't tell a story. Let me tell you this story about these beautiful cellists that fall in love. But it's actually because one of them is jealous of the other and wants to take everything away from her. But it's actually because she wants to <laughs> save the other girl from a rapist. Yeah. But the but. other girl doesn't know and she takes her to be raped by the rapist. But really, but she does know and they get their revenge. Wow. Yeah. Now that's a story if I've ever heard one. Right. But the story could be two beautiful cellists fall in love one manipulates the other because she knows that she's in this terrible abusive territory and wants to get her out of it and then they work together to kill the person who tormented them that would have been fine that's a fine straightforward story that doesn't need enough that doesn't need these constant rewinds to be like, here's the thing we didn't tell you yet. Right. That that funny games thing where it's just like, hey, did you notice you're in a movie? Because you're in a movie. You're in a total movie. Yeah. And that, that's the thing, though, is that that first 25, 30 minutes sets up such great tension. Yeah. It was very original, too. The moment that it rewinds, it's like, what? Fuck, oh, man. man. I was into the movie you were showing me. Yeah, that, that was exactly my reaction, too. It's like when it got to that first part where it rewinds, I was like, okay, never mind. It's one of these kinds of movies. Yeah. You know, where it's like, because from then on, after you have the rewind, you're like, okay, I can't trust anything this is showing me. Right. Because at that point, you know, again, unreliable narrative. Mm-hmm. The stuff they're showing me isn't really what's going on. So it never really draws you in yeah. the same way it does before the first rewind. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think because of all that, it, it fails to live up to what it, it could have been. Yeah, I think so too. And it just presenting it straightforward, yeah, it would eliminate some of the tension, but not eliminate all of it like and also you don't need like i i don't like the double agent thing at the end where Mm -hmm. like it really is oceans 11 this is like it's just so much of like we we have to want particular things to happen and then see them happen and then be shown how they happen yeah like that's a nice fun thing for a heist movie 
But for a movie that's about a music conservatory where they rape the young girls who want to be cellists, it feels almost inappropriate to get cutesy in your storytelling there. Yeah. In reality, too, this movie genre hopped into trying to kind of be every horror. Yeah, I wanted to just do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, the first maybe 20 minutes of the movie, you're like, okay, it's a creepy stalker movie, like Creep or something like that. Uh huh. And then it gets into this Cronenbergian body horror. Oh my god, yeah. there's, there's bugs under my skin. Yeah, which was uh, like the visuals were great, extremely effective. The worm-looking things in her vomit, like, oh, so that gross. was cool. Yeah, so gross, man. And dude, later on in the movie, like whenever um, what's her, what's her name, my main character chick that was in Allison Williams. Yeah. Allison Williams, yeah. thank you. Whenever she gets like her arm like cut open. Wow, that looked Holy great. shit, yeah. that was some brutal ass gore. Uh-huh. There's some great looking gore scenes and stuff yeah. in this. But anyway, it's like you get into this like body horror thing and then you find out that it's a revenge movie. Right. And then you find out it's a rape revenge movie. Right. And then the very end of the movie, whenever they hobble their former rapist. rapist yeah. yeah, their former rapist. And like, so his eyes shut and stuff. Uh-huh. And then it's the two of them who are both armless but playing the cello together. Yeah. That, to me, was like Takashi Miyake as fuck. Yeah. That was J-horror as fuck. Yeah. Only, as Kate said, if it was a Takashi movie, the movie would have started with that. Yeah, that's how it would have begun <laughs> and gone crazy. And gone crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it just, uh, it just really felt to me like it was trying to be all these different genres, and it kind of made it sort of nothing yeah they should have concentrated really gone committed to one thing rape revenge is not interesting to me and i don't feel like it needs to be done much yeah but if you're gonna do it stick to it i don't think in the end that it gives us enough catharsis for all of the build up i feel like everybody should have gotten tortured basically like <laughs> instead of it just being like three drop dead and then this other one basically gets the the advantage of them for a bit and then gets taken out like it, there wasn't enough oomph to the revenge for it to go with the rape revenge genre in today's day and age especially because they seriously seem to be trying to do a Weinstein type of thing. Absolutely, yeah. Be more assertive about it. Be yeah, more like, it. this is what we're doing. We're not doing a bunch of rewind bullshit. We're going to do like straightforward. This is what can happen in the arts and entertainment industry. You can be taken advantage of by someone who's looked at and as, convince yourself that it's okay and that they're doing yes. you a favor and so yeah. on. Yeah. And eventually be driven insane by it. I will say it held my attention. Oh, yeah. I watched the whole movie without paying any attention to yeah. my phone. Yeah. I never got bored. Yeah. I never started checking Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I was zoned in. Yeah. And in a way, even the genre hopping and the rewinds and stuff kept me watching to be like, okay, what's going to happen next? Even if it did lose, like we said, some of that, that, that tension. Yeah. And stuff that you had during the first part of the movie. The first part of the movie is is definitely the best. Yeah. It, it could have been a really great short or an episode of Black Mirror. It could have maybe. just been a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. yeah. That at the end of the at the end of the movie, that was what I was kind of left with. I was like, that was like a really long episode of Black Mirror. Uh-huh. You know, it could yeah. have been cut down and just yeah. turned into an episode. And I would have been pretty okay with that. I'd be okay with that. Worth a watch. Again, not not at all living up to the hype, not yeah. genre defying or anything like that, but uh-huh. I would still watch it. 
you know, I'd recommend checking it out. Yeah. Watch it. If you agree with us that it's bad, fine. If you love it, great. I hope I hope you do. Yeah, I hope you do. It's always nice to find a movie you love. So. Yeah. Seems like a lot of like hardcore horror fans have not liked it. Yeah. You know? It, I don't they're think a picky it fits bunch. horror. Like, I don't know why. I mean, I get the body horror part and the rape revenge part, but that's not how the whole movie plays out. It's more of a thriller, but also more of... I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's hard to define. It's a movie. Oh, motion picture. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Of all the movies I've seen... It's one. It is one of them. That's for true. sure. For sure, <laughs> man. You know, Steve, the subject of our show today is one Child's Play 2 from... Numero dos. What is that? A 1990 or something like that? 1990. and 90. Is when this came out. And of course, this focuses on our beloved good guy doll... Charles Lee Ray. Charles Lee Ray. Also Chuckles. known as a Chucky. Mm-hmm. And going into this episode, I was thinking of things that we could do for, for the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. Second segment of the show where you know we like to tie in a little theme and do a list or quiz or something like that related to the movie that we're talking about on the show and i was really kind of wanting to talk about like our most disappointing toys when we had as a kid yeah but but the thing is is like both of us i think we're the same way where uh we we grew up too broke to have ill-informed right you know gift wish uh (laughs) christmas list or birthday list uh wishes for stuff it's like i never really had that many bad toys because we didn't so have broke. that many toys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I always kind of knew it's like, okay, this is a surefire good thing I can yeah. get for my birthday or whatever. So I didn't really have a ton of bad toys as a kid. You mm. had the power glove. That, yeah, that's my uh, worst toy I ever got. And we returned it and I got two video games for the price of it. So it was, much better. I mean, it's fine. So as we step on into the preview palace here, before we get into the movie, Steve, I would really just like to take a second here and try to figure out Maybe with the help of a wizard from BuzzFeed. Maybe BuzzFeed. A, a Nina Mohan. Nina Mohan knows what's up. To tell us which 90s toy am I? I would like to know that. I'm kind of curious about it yeah. here, Steve. Now, Steve, I need you to choose a 90s fashion trend. They okay. Look like they got some winners right here. Yeah. A lot of them seem to be a little bit more female aimed, but we can work yeah. with it. They got a jelly sandal. Uh, yeah. Mood ring. Oh, man. That's old classic. Straight out of the 90s through the 70s. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, some little butterfly hair clips. Yeah, I remember those. Classic movie. We got a flannel, a goth girl. Uh, some chunky boots. Chunky with boots. heels, yeah. And it looks like some sort of a velvet blouse. Where do you um, fall in the spectrum here, I remember, Steve? I remember those dresses that had... I don't know what that material is, but I remember those. Mm-hmm. You know what? I I like uh, a big chunky boot with, with heels on a lady, so I'll pick that. That's a good choice right there. I myself am a real life flannel man. Yeah? I'm a flannel man. Hashtag follow that flannel. I've been abusing that one here for a while. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm a flannel boy. What do we got here next year, Ben, Steve? how do you avoid conflict? Mm-mm, what am I going to do? I don't. I bring the issues to light. Bring them up. I use my puppy dog eyes. Oh, looking all sweet. I hide behind my friends. I'm scarce. I bake cookies. Mm, here you go. I like conflict. Get in me. I basically poop in fear. Oh, my. That is quite a reaction fear right poop. there. You know, I I have been told from, from some people that I can be a little bit aggressive about bringing stuff to light, about just dropping it out and be like, yo, 
What's the deal? Yeah. What's going on? Uh-huh. I bring the issues to light. That is the exact answer I would pick, but I'll pick I like conflict. Get in there. I, I don't like conflict, but I don't mind doing it if right. it needs to be done. So. Yeah. Taking care of business. TCB. Yeah. TCB. Pick a 90s after school snack. Now, Steve, I didn't have an after school. I was at home. <laughs> you had a during school snack. I had myself a during school snack. You just snack. walk into your kitchen where you already were. Yeah. We've got ourselves <laughs> a, uh, it looks like a Ritz dipping kind of scenario. I remember seeing these with like the little red stick that you would dip inside of yeah, some sort of a cheese product. And that product. cheese is, um, I think impervious to bullets and nuclear radiation. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. It tastes mostly just like salt. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I ever had these. I thought they looked gross. I remember seeing other kids have them and thought, I do not want to have that. Yeah. Handy snacks. I I remember having them pretty regularly, but I always preferred the ones with peanut butter in them. I'm shocked that there's not a Lunchable on here. I thought that a Lunchable was kind of like the (laughs) thing. Well, they do have have it. They have it up in the graphic area, but it's not a choice. What's the second one? It's a whistle pop. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I mm-hmm. do remember those. I got those from a gas station. Yeah. A yeah. time or two. They never really worked. Yeah. And w- what asshole was like, fuck parents. We're going to yeah. create a, a thing that both is sticky and loud. <laughs> and when your kid blows on it, it blows their sticky spit yeah. all over sticky the living room. spit all over the place because plus the sound of a you. whistle. That is a good point. Yeah, because like adults made this. Yeah. They clearly just wanted to torment other adults. Yeah. We got ourselves a Dunkaroo. Yep, Dunkaroos. You I don't, don't remember ever having those Dunkaroo. either. I don't think I ever had those. I had them once. You know what would make a cookie better if it came with icing? <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree. Isn't that what they what you do with those? They came yeah, like it's basically thing? animal crackers and, 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 and icing. And more sugar. Yeah. yeah. Wow, man. It's no wonder they really thought that like... All of us had the ADD. Like, we're the ADD generation. Yeah, they were, fe- they were filling us with sugar and yeah. telling us fat was the problem. That might have something yeah. to do with it. It looks like we got ourselves a Wonder Ball here, which was a, a chocolate yeah. sphere, which had a little toy inside that you could eat and choke on. How fun. Yummo. What a good time. What about a gusher? What do you know about a gush? Hmm. I bust in dudes' mouths like gushers, motherfucker. Oh, your Portman. Yeah, Bringing it back to the lonely Portland island motherfucker. Right here. Drink till I'm sick. I used to have gushers, gushers. at other people's houses because they were kind of expensive. I only had them maybe once or twice. They were gross. I did not like the feeling of yeah, buying it. Like, right? You want? I want my gummies to be kind of a little chewy, and, but then thing. gone. Yeah, gushers is like no. We're gonna coat your mouth with cough syrup or right. whatever. Yeah, was it, it was very like cough syrupy yeah. feeling. Like, do you remember that? Um, there was a chewing gum in like the early 2000s that uh-huh. had like a, a gel center in it. Yes. That was kind of like a gusher mm-hmm. gum. And it was Yeah, they had terrible. that in the 80s too. And it was, yeah, they keep trying it and it's always gross. Yeah. Get out of me. Now we've also got ourselves a Rice Krispies Treats cereal. cereal. It yeah. looks like, which I never liked. Again, another thing I imagined being excited about. I got a box yeah. like one time when I was a kid. I was like, yeah, this, this is, is going to taste like Rice Krispies Treats and cereal yeah let me tell you this dude the two things that you can buy in store-bought form that homemade absolutely annihilates effortlessly Uh uh-huh one is rice krispie treats whenever you buy those store-bought ones 
They don't even taste a fraction as good no, as when you they make don't. them at home, which is fucking Rice Krispies, marshmallows, and butter. Yeah, I don't know why that thing would be something you'd store by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've also added vanilla and bourbon to mine. Vanilla to and bourbon. Effect. Oh, my whoa, Lord whoa, mercy. Whoa. It's a good thing to do. Wow. I'll tell you that. Other thing, Chex Mix. Yeah? Store-bought Chex Mix is some bullshit. Chex Mix, number one food snack in the land. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep referencing Lonely Island if you keep pulling you with your stuff. hand. <laughs> I'm just setting them up and you spiking them over here, yeah. man. All right, which snack are you going to choose of these here, Steve? Oh, man. These are all These are all pretty gross. bad. Gross. Yeah. I don't want them. Dunkaroos, I guess? You're going to dunk on me. Yeah. You I'm just got dunk dunked on. on. You just got dunkarooed. Oh, man. I guess of these choices here, I'm going to have to go with this. I'm going to go with this whistle sucker. I'll enjoy myself as a, a, a fruity sucker yeah. scenario. Why not go with that? Ben, what's your biggest character flaw? Oh, no. We're getting personal now. Oh, no. This isn't part of the quiz. I'm just asking. Oh, okay. Just in oh, general. Yeah. Right. Penis too normal. Too normal yeah, is too, penis. too average. Look at that. Neither to the right nor the left. Mm-hmm. Just normaling. I'm greedy. I'm a pushover. Look out. I'm bossy. Hey, you. Do that. I'm awkward. <laughs> I'm naive. Really? I'm a know-it-all. I think of these qualities here, my biggest character flaw, I am bossy, but I don't see that as a flaw. Uh-huh. <laughs> Somebody's got to be, right? Yeah. I'm going to go with I'm greedy. All right. I am. I'm yeah. constantly seeking more. Yeah. Whatever it might be. Maybe right. it's just my... I ad- want it all. My addictive personality or whatever. I want it all. I want it all. But I'm constantly looking for more of it, you know? Yeah. More money, more problems. So it's sad. Is that because you're greedy for problems as well? Yeah, I want more. Because in real life, more money equals far fewer problems. Yeah, it really does. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like far less financial burden and worry. Like people don't realize that like Biggie, when he says more money, more problems, uh, he used to sell crack. Mm, yes, and yes, having yes. mo money as a drug dealer is more problematic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Biggie was not claiming to the world that being rich is somehow hard, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a situational kind of thing. You kind of had yeah. to be there. And having said all that, I'm a know-it-all. Okay, <laughs> but you know some stuff. I've known this I about do know you, a few Steve. Things, yeah, I um actually. I've always just embraced that. If somebody's like, you act like a know-it-all or whatever, it's like, yeah, fine. I'm presenting to you the information that's in my head. If you dislike the fact that there's information in my head, uh, whatever. Google me, bitch. Bitch. I know a little bit a lot. That's a fact, (laughs) Jack. All right, Steve, I need you to pick a classic 90s cartoon child. Looks like we got ourselves a patty mayonnaise from a Doug. Love patty mayonnaise. I enjoyed Doug. Yeah. I thought that was a fun show. We got ourselves a uh, a wacko from a Animaniacs, mm-hmm. which I also completely adored. Yes, great show. What a fucking great show! It looks like a, is that a Pepperan? Yeah. Bart Simpson. Uh huh. A Powerpuff Girl. Yeah, yeah. And a Dexter from a Dexter's Laboratory. I mean, it's not just any Powerpuff Girl, but fine. Which one is it? Bubbles. That's a bubble. Yeah. Okay. See, I I am not that hip to a Powerpuff. Oh, one. really? Yeah, yeah. That was a good show. I liked it. Who's your um, dude here? That one's a tough one. I. Who do you relate to the most? The, mo- the one I relate to the most is probably Wacko. Yeah. Yeah. 
but man, that's a tough one because I like Bart Simpson was someone I also related to growing up. I was never a hellion like him, but he's sassy. Bart Simpson was somebody I, I associated with as a kid because we were the same age, kind of for okay. a little bit. Right, right. I think I'm gonna go with a wacko here. He was an entertainer. He was. He was an entertaining yeah. kind of guy. I like to entertain. I like to perform. Yeah. I'm a real silly heart, as we know. Hey, we get it. I'm gonna go with him. Ben, which '90s slang best describes you? Eat my shorts. <laughs> Not a choice. Not a choice. Not a okay. Right. Off the hook. Mm, I've never been hooked before. Chill pill. Laid back. Getting jiggy with it. No, 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 no. Yada, yada, yada. All right. A little Seinfeld action there. As if. Clueless. Very good. All that and a bag of chips. All that and a bag of chips. You know what? I think I'm just going to go with the old chill pill right there. I'm pretty yeah. laid back kind of guy. Yeah. I've been told I got that laid back California like attitude. Like you've been taking them chill pills. Exactly right. Yeah. I'm constantly staying low on them chill pills. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Um, I would say yada, yada, yada. You're a yada, yada yeah, kind of guy? Yeah, I'm a yada, yada kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. I like to skip yada, straight yada, to the yada. end. Yeah. Which is why our podcast is so succinct and yeah. focused. People always say that about our show. They say, yeah. two hours flew by like three minutes. Mm-hmm. Those guys are so succinct. People say in our iTunes reviews, which you guys should leave us and rate and review. Yeah. They stay on topic always. Never a tangent. That's what I like about the show. It's just about horror movies, they say. That's what they say. Only. <laughs> only horror movies. <laughs> All right. What do we got next? Pick a 90s toy movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. There's six of these. Hmm. I never think about the fact that the 90s had a lot of toy movies. I guess so. And one that I thought of immediately, Toy Soldiers, not on here. Hmm. Anyway, Toy Story. All right. Demonic Toys. I don't know that I one. I don't know that one. Babes in Toyland. Pile of shit. Jingle All the Way. Ten. Classic. The Indian in the Cupboard. And of course, Robin Williams in Toys. Boy, talk about a movie that I thought would be a lot more fun than it was. It's not fun at all. No. No. No, not a fun movie. Jingle All the Way, motherfucker. You love that one, huh? I love Jingle All the Way. I want the Turbo Man doll. I want can... to do. I want Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. Jamie. It's like a ch at the front. Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> Sinbad in there as a postal worker that I has a Sinbad. bomb. He has a bomb. He has a bomb at in there, one dude. point. Yeah, yeah, he does. That's probably wouldn't fly. Kind of problematic. Yeah. yeah, a little bit problematic overall, but a beloved holiday classic. For me, the original Toy Story, I read as a book. The Indian in the cupboard. Oh. Yeah. That was the OG Toy Story. Your toy's coming to life. Hmm. Like when Toy Story came around, I was a teen. So I don't I don't think I watched it until years later. Because mm-hmm. it was like, I'm a, a teenager. I don't care about cartoons except all the other cartoons I watch. Yeah. <laughs> but Indian in the cupboard, I read that book in third or fourth grade. Okay. And I remember seeing the movie and not being impressed by it. That was my first experience of having read the book and then watching the movie. So you were like 10 and you're like, the book was really quite (laughs) superior. Much better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I remember watching the Indian in the cover and thinking it was all right. Yeah. It's not great. The, The movie that is. Yeah. All right, Steve, I need you to pick a 90s pop star. Okay. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. This is Uh our last question, I believe. Looks like we got ourselves a Britney Spear. Brit. 
I was never into Britney Spears, by the way. Everybody oh, yeah? like in our age group thought that she was yeah. just totally smoking. Oh never yeah, really no, I um, never found her super attractive, but I like me some Britney Spears music. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get toxic over here. Exactly. Who's that second one? Is that a Mandy Moore? It's Mandy Moore. Yep. And then we've got a uh, Brandy. Br- Brandy. That's right. Yeah. We got a, uh, a Janet Jackson. All right. X Tina. X Tina. We got a Celine Dion from Dion. Canada. Yeah. Uh, this one kind of hard because most in of these are the 90s bad. I would have picked Janet Jackson. Yeah. But now as an adult and after seeing um, which one is that? I know I still know what you did last summer. Oh yes. It's Brandy. Immortal classic. Oh, gonna go with a Brandy there, huh? Dope back in the day. I'm still gonna is, I'm gonna go with a Janet Jackson right here. Because there's a lot of those 90s Janet Jackson tunes. That, yeah. Uh, oh, they're great. I'm very okay Oh, yeah. With. I didn't pick Brandy for The Boy Is Mine. I can't remember of any any of her other songs. I picked her because she was gorgeous. Steve, what toy from the 90s are you? I got Furby. You're a Furb, huh? Yeah. Though you're clever and kind, you're misunderstood. I don't, I don't think mm. so. For some reason, people are creeped out by you. Not generally. Despite your adorable big eyes. All right. Four <laughs> eyes. Nerd! Wow, and your genius ability to learn languages. Okay, you do speak you speak Russian. That's (laughs) That's pretty true. Pretty accurate, actually. Yeah. Just keep repeating "me love you" and they'll come around. Hmm. All right. What about you, Ben? I'm apparently a Tamagotchi. Okay. You're curious, innocent, and never afraid to ask for help. You're the best friend of aspiring pet owners and parents. You always seize the day. Don't be shy. Spread your beautiful angel wings. Aww. I don't know if I agree with that exactly. Also, like, if they're saying you're a Tamagotchi, they're saying you're needy. I think so, right? those things were the worst. They were always like, feed me, It seemed like a pain in the ass. That was, again, one of those toys that kind of came around right when it was kind of at the age of like, okay, I'm starting to play guitar and stuff like that. Play with serious things like video games. But I just remember being like, excuse me, you want chores? Yeah. Like, that's your idea of fun? <laughs> Chore simulator? But that was that was the... Because, like, to be fair, that is most mobile games that people play. It is technically a chore. It is a thing that you have to be reminded of every few hours to go back to, to farm something or whatever. Like, so the Tamagotchi was the beginning of... Making people feel responsible for an entertainment product so that you get more money. Well, I mean, Jesus, that's like the history of baby dolls for girls, Exactly. The Cabbage Patch doll, which was huge when I was a kid. And also a big influence on Chucky. Yeah, huge influence on Chucky. We're on on topic, y'all. Yeah. That was one of those things that I remember as a kid because my my sister had one of those dolls that peed. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. And like that, I remember that was my first revelation of like wait why would you want that toy i don't know i was always super confused about that and the thing about it is too is because it's an inanimate object you have to be the one to put water in yeah you gotta do all to make it pee like you make chores (laughs) for yourself yeah what it's it's crazy though like it really it relies on the principle of if you have two cups in your hand and you walk up to somebody and say here hold this they will true yeah and they feel like they've done you a, a service 
So they feel better about themselves for having done nothing, essentially. And that's what those games do. That's what the Tamagotchi did. Have you ever noticed how we're sitting here having this conversation and neither of us have chosen to have kids yet? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like that. Yeah, maybe we want to avoid responsibility and other people kind of like it a little bit. Maybe it could be. Yeah. Maybe we should have had Tamagotchis when we were kids. I did have one at one point with a girlfriend. Like you we guys had kept a joint a Tamagotchi? Tamagotchi? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that was too much, man. That is too high much. pressure. That's high stakes yeah. for a Well, we didn't stay together, so obviously the kid got in between. <laughs> well, who got possession of the Tamagotchi in the end, though? I think she did. Did you get holidays and weekends? Um, yeah, but I never took that advantage. Mm. I was always like, you know what? I don't want to uproot the Tamagotchi during a holiday. like Right, 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 right. This is better with them. you. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is for you. <laughs> wow, man. Hard times at the Tamagotchi Ranch. <laughs> Kate told me she had one when she was a kid, but yeah. then Oma washed it in her clothes. Oh, no. Washed her Tamagotchi. Man. Yeah. Put that thing in some rice. See if it comes back to life. Could be, man. <laughs> See you at the crossroads, Tamagotchi. So you won't be lonely. So our topic of today's show, Steve, is none other than Child's Play Part 2 from 1990. And this was the first time that I ever watched this movie. Okay. I had never seen it. Second time for me. I have not rewatched it since I saw it as a kid. Wow. Watching it again, I was remembering some of the things and then not remembering the story well. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like I still had an accurate remembrance of its level in comparison to the original. It is not a multifaceted bejeweled story. The original had much more like heart to it. I guess not heart in a positive way, but it had like more of a a real feel to it. Yeah. You get Brad Dorf's like pain and stuff, and it's a a bit more serious. This is campy and, and sort of jokey, but not in a terribly negative way. It never goes completely over the top. Right. Which I'm honestly surprised about, considering this yes, came out... Yes, because it could have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this came out in 90, and by that yeah. time, Freddie and Jason had oh, yeah. both been yucksters. Yeah, they had already been years. joking around for a while. And yeah, they just... We get a few quips from Chucky. Yeah. And there's some funny sort of moments, like, you know, some of the kills are a little funny. And then, like, him, you know, being turned into a big pile of plastic goo was... And then being blown up and looking kind of like a Cabbage Patch doll with, with like the big puffy Dude, cheeks. Dude, I thought he stuff. looked like a Garbage Pail Kid. He did. That's like he true. He looked exactly like a fucking Garbage Pail yeah. Kid. But yeah, kind of like a kind of like a, a Cabbage Patch Kid too. I hadn't thought yeah. about it that way. Well, those two looked the same. Yeah, but much. one was gross and one was not. But he, he in the end there did look like a Garbage Pail. Yeah, he did because he was gross. Yeah. <laughs> And there was some funny stuff in there, too. Like, I like that part when he was like, Hi, my name is... And his eyes kind of dark. And he's like, Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. There's yeah. some funny, like, little stuff in there. Well, and, and, like, a lot of what add to the humor of this was that they had, like, an actually fully functional robotic Chucky. It was just like a puppet in the first one, right? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a little person. Or a little, yeah, from like behind and stuff. On yeah. a big set and stuff. Right. And they were disguised to look like a moving doll right. and so on. Yeah, the animatronic in this is way more advanced than what it we had in the first good. one. It actually, to me, 
Um, and I should just note, I watched all of the uh, Child's Play movies. Good Lord. Just this week, just to prepare for this, because I realized after watching that, I had never watched three a second time. I've never seen three at all. I had uh, never seen any past that. So none of the Chucky branded films, right. A Seed or a Bride. So I sat down and watched them all. And I'll tell you, like, the campiness gets played up more and more in the sort of middle movies. But in the last two, they go back to the more serious tone of the first one. Really? It's kind of uneven, but it's also like, I I liked it. I kind of liked the campy ones and kind of liked when they went back serious. Like, I'm not saying that any of them was very great, but they were watchable. Serviceable, huh? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Like, because it's not, I've watched the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street movies a, a million times, but I've never gone back to this series and hadn't seen some of the movies. And watching it, it was like, yeah, I could see this on a similar level to Friday the 13th and hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, just not as compelling for me. So I'm not you... scared by it. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you feel like now that you've watched the whole franchise, as far as like how it stacks up against other franchises, oh, is uh-huh. it better than, like, let's say, the way that Halloween yes. severely shits the bed? Better than Halloween, I think. Better than a Hellraiser yes, franchise? I think better than Hellraiser. Huh. Because those two get so far away from what they started out as. And right. I don't feel like the Child's Play movies do. Even Seed of Chucky, which is just wacky. Like, yeah, insane. Yeah, they get silly with, like, Bride and Seed. I want to say I've seen Bride, like, forever nope, ago when I it think came Bride, out. Okay, like... If I had to rank them right now, I would say Bride of Chucky is my number two. Okay. Yeah. Is the first one still your number one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But Bride of Chucky is funny. It's like that good meta horror with self-aware. Like, yeah, self-aware. Yeah. But it's like Chucky was always like from this movie, from the second one up to that, was sort of climbing that way anyway. So it was like a natural progress. The move back to the serious ones was a jarring at first, but then I remembered like, oh, right, that first one was serious and it was really good. And mm-hmm. like, it kind of follows that same thing. The interesting thing about all of them is that Don Mancini wrote every single one. Holy cow. Yeah. So that's got to be the only time in one of these big horror franchises exactly. that has happened. I, and I think that's why it has a good consistency to it. Even though the movies are radically different, there's the character remains consistent Hmm. and compelling, but not amazing because I just am never afraid of him. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's a doll. It's it's like you you punt punt the thing and it's done. I mean, if he, as he does multiple times in this movie, if he gets the jump on you and he's got a knife in his hand, yeah, you are kind of fucked. But ultimately face off time, you just punt that thing and it's over. I mean, your best defense against Chucky is just sitting in your yard. Because he's mm. small, so he's hard to see. But if you're just sitting in your yard, what, like, what's he going to hide behind? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you go into your bedroom, he's hiding under the sheets or under he's the bed. Or, like, or like he's somewhere. Yeah. yeah just, you're saying that out in the open. Is just where sitting you're the in the yard, he has no advantage. <laughs> That's true. You're not wrong there. So now that you've watched through all of these, and I think you've garnered a little bit more respect for the series. Yeah. How do you feel about the upcoming Chucky, is it a reboot or is it a continuation or reimagining? Whatever it's a re- we're call it's it. an entire reboot because Don Mancini's not involved, 
So, okay. like, he, he wrote all of them up to this point. Brad Dorf isn't involved. Brad Dorf isn't involved. If, no, and from like, what I understand, it's not a Charles Lee Ray story, yeah. right? Now, that, in some ways, is more in line with the original spirit Don Mancini wanted. For the first one, Don Mancini wanted it to be about consumerism, and he wanted there to be... Uh, this ambiguity about whether or not the doll was really alive, or if it was, right. or the kid was the doing, kid the doing it. And, and yeah, they the, flirted with that ambi- ambiguity in the original, but never really committed to it. Yeah, but I would have liked it if they did. They kind of go back to that in Curse of Chucky and okay. Cult of Chucky a little bit. So, like, I enjoyed that, mm-hmm. but they they may be able to pull that off better with this basically internet chucky <laughs> like this alexa chucky whatever he is in this new version i'm interested to see how they play that because like you said with so many of our you know quote unquote toys right. that we have right now being so tied up in our personal lives like say like an alexa or a smartphone or a tablet right. or whatever there is a potential for them to frame this in a way that's really cool. I also feel like, though, that story could have just been not Child's Play. Like, yeah, they could have just that. made an original movie with Mark Hamill as the voice of the AI. and Like, could have been everything it is except just don't claim it's Chucky. And that would have been pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I know a lot of people have their panties in a wad about Brad Dorf not being the voice of Chucky. That does suck because he, he is the character. Yeah. yeah. But, but it seems like they're kind of getting away with it because they're saying this isn't Charles Lee Ray and this right. new one. So once I learned that, I'm like, oh, well, then it makes sense that it's not yeah. Brad Dorf. Like, it would be confusing if it was Brad because, yeah. again, this isn't Charles Lee Ray and right, this new one. Yes. Like if the Evil Dead reimagining or whatever had had Bruce Campbell in it, it would have been like, well, so this is just another sequel. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been that kind of thing. Yeah. I get it. And I mean, it it comes out a couple days after this episode comes out Mm -hmm. and uh, we'll know soon enough if it's worth it. I hope people give it a shot, but I also, I don't feel like we owe it anything Mm -hmm. as a horror community. I don't think we all need to go out and see it just because Child's Play has been such a huge part of the horror community for what over 20 years, mm-hmm. 30 years. It started in 89, so been forever. Like, But we don't have to go see this movie. If you don't want to go see it, don't go see it. Like, There's no reason to go make yourself upset about something you love when I don't know that they had to throw Child's Play in the mix at all yeah. it's almost like a it's almost like a troll bit where they're like it'll piss people off enough that they'll go to see it to be mad at it that's true too yeah and i don't think it deserves that i don't think it deserves your money to just be mad at it well and the thing is too is i don't know that i've ever really met somebody who is just a huge child's play yeah fan. like a yeah. died in the wool hardcore like they better not fuck with my chucky movies yeah. I mean, I know that, like, Chucky is a beloved horror icon. He's up there, obviously, with Freddy and Jason yeah, and shit. I would say, yeah, he's, like, on the same level as, like, Pinhead or Pennywise, where it's, like, he he has a cultural resonance, but I don't think everybody has seen every single Child's Play movie no. and can, like, 
you know, remember what deaths happen in which movie and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that, that's kind of the thing is I think that a lot of people are Chucky fans, but not necessarily yes. Child's Play fans. Yes. I think that they're fans of the character. I think they're fans of a creepy doll that talks shit and kills people. Which is cool. Yeah, which is yeah. fine, but not necessarily like the movies. Like, I've, I right. never really meet people who are like, man, my favorite movie is fucking Child's Play 2. Well, maybe we'll hear from them. Yeah, because a lot of people <laughs> I, do I would love, love to this hear. Movie. Like, because if, if there are people out there who absolutely love Child's Play, tell us more Give me about some it. insight. Yeah, yeah let me know why you like it so much. I, I grew up with horror movies, grew up watching them all the time, and just never got into Child's Play that much. Yeah. So I would love to hear why, uh, what what caught you. Was I mean he's he's Freddy Krueger like for sure. Very quippy. I get that. Very body language. Sure. It's I I can get where maybe a uh, smaller kids who see the movie would relate to it a yeah, lot better. He kills he kills the bad adults and takes yeah. back the power and stuff even though he's little like me. Exactly. Yeah. And also you could identify with Andy who's, you know, he's in the first 3 movies, so you can get kind of attached to him, maybe. I see that. Well, and the thing is, too, is as a kid, I think this stuff is way more scary because you get these attachments to your to your personal belongings, yes. your stuffed animals and stuff well, like that. Well, you give them personalities. Exactly well. right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, whenever you know you have maybe a brain-boiling fever and it's uh-huh. four in the morning and you wake up and you've got your little teddy bear next to you. exact occurrence, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like these things can be much scarier when you're a kid. Yeah. So, I can see why that kind of appealed to that, that age group and stuff. Whenever we were younger and these things were coming out, I remember seeing the the VHS box for this one mm-hmm. at Video West yeah, with Chucky fixing to cut the head off of that jack-in-the-box of scissors. Right. And it's weird because as a kid, I never even once thought about like, okay, is that relevant to the story? Is nope, this story about at all. A, a jack-in-the-box <laughs> that is being stalked by a killer doll? Because that wouldn't be scary that, at all. Because yeah, that's not a story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I just remember seeing the box and thinking, man alive, that looks fucked up. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I remember that box very well, too. And I remember being somewhat disappointed watching the movie because it was like, when's the Jack in the Box? Yeah, when's that guy come in? And it never, it was only in the preview that it came in, and it was just him stomping a Jack in the Box and saying, Oh, it was in the preview. Yeah. Sorry, Jack. Chucky's back. Shit, I never saw that. Yeah. Damn it. It's, um, you didn't miss much (laughs) because, again, like that's not in the movie but it's also not even scary because it's not like it's not like any kid in 1990 had a strong emotional attachment to a jack-in-the-box right yeah 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 so seeing that happen is not like oh trauma it's oh, like shit, that could happen to my jack-in-the-box oh, oh. <laughs> dearie me <laughs> Now, this movie has some returning characters from our first flick yeah, here. Child's Andy. Play, the original, like, we really enjoyed. I think that it's got a lot mm-hmm. of messages about consumerism. Yeah. And I think fears of parents bringing stuff into the house that's going to influence the children and shit yeah. like that. I think there's some great subtext and stuff in that first one. And some good characters and everything. Our main character that returns here is Andy. Yeah. Who's the main kid from the first one, played by the same kid actor. And I'm happy to say he acted much better in this one. He did. He he got a, a year of experience under his belt and suddenly became a better actor. He learned how to say Chucky. Do you remember how in the first one he was yes. always like, Chucky? Yeah, he was Chuck-key. struggling with Chucky. 
always got kind of stuck <laughs> yeah. on it. He did a lot better in this. I thought he was actually pretty dang believable. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other actors and actresses that are in like a million different yeah. bit parts of stuff you've seen. Like I was watching this and I was like, I recognize that person from something. Right. You obviously you recognize uh, the uh woman who runs the foster agency yeah yeah she's the mother from twin peaks she was the mother of george costanza's fiance who Boom. died from licking envelopes <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's right she did die yeah. from licking envelopes she's in a ton of stuff yeah like, yeah just you look up her like, you could do that with basically anybody in this movie look at their imdb and you'll go oh my god right i remember yeah uh, Beth Grant, who plays the teacher who gets killed with a, a yardstick. She was in a ton of stuff, including uh, being the the mother in uh, the No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Really? She's in that? See, yeah, I, know, the, I know her as I Doubt Your Commitment to Sparkle Motion. Yeah. yeah there we go. That's what I know her as. She's in so much stuff, though. Like, she was in uh, she was in Wonderfalls and Pushing Days. Any Brian Fuller project she's in, basically. Wow. like. She's in so much stuff. Beth Grant is great. And got like her first acting role was when she was like 30. Oh wow. Yeah, crazy. I mean not not first acting role entirely. She had acted in plays and stuff, but her first like television role. Pretty cool. She was 30. What about the foster parents? What do I know them from? Uh, the foster parents, the mom you would know from American Werewolf in London. Oh, or... she's like the nurse in that, yes. right? Uh-huh. That's right, man. Her accent in this is extremely ambiguous. Yeah, she's British. Brit-ish. <laughs> she's Brit- British. Yeah. really. The dad you would recognize from a ton of stuff. I didn't write anything down, but like he's in so many things. Yeah, I knew yeah. that I saw him in some other yeah. stuff. What about Kyle? Is Kyle in anything else? Yes, Kyle is in some other stuff too, uh, including in the future. Uh, she's in the Cult of Chucky movie. Okay, also, cool. the actual actor who played Andy in the first two is in Cult of Chucky. Oh, they nice. kind of brought back a few people for that. That's pretty dope. But she was in uh, Beverly Hills 90210 and like a ton of television shows gotcha. throughout the 90s. So like she's very recognizable. She was awesome in this, by everybody, the way. Yeah, everybody's good in this. There's no bad acting in this. Oh, the assistant. The thing, guy yeah. at the beginning who's like talking to his yeah, mistress like, on the phone. It's not Maxwell, but something like yeah. Maxwell. It might have even been Maxwell. Yeah. But yeah. Um yeah, he's from like Ally McBeal and tons of other stuff. But yeah, everybody in this great character actors that know how to come in and just make a character believable. Mm-hmm. And that's all you need in a horror movie is char- people who know how to make a character believable, especially people who are going to die quickly. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of just like, you're introduced, yeah. then you die. Then you're gone. Yeah. I will say one thing that I think this movie could have benefited from is just bigger characters. That's true. Nobody stands out. No. No. And there's all, no like real eccentric properties right. or anything really crazy or wild about I guess Kyle is the closest to that. She yeah. um, she has the name Kyle and she dresses weird. And she rocks some smoking cigs. Oh yeah, she's always smoking cigarettes. Dude, her down in like the laundry room with that laundry basket on hip and that smoke hanging just out of her oh, mouth yeah. right there. Ugh. That's just some classic late eighties shit yeah, right is. there, man. <laughs> But you know, it's like, I wish that some of the characters in this would have been 
bigger, larger, yeah. louder, more exaggerated or something. Because something like, against Chuck, somebody to work against Chucky. Yeah, because he's just larger than life in this yeah. amongst all these characters that are kind of normal. Yeah. I mean, I guess among the foster family that he ends up in, it's like you've got the mom who seems kind of caring and sympathetic and the dad who, who seems, seems like the worst foster dad ever. Yeah, he seems like he's been drug into this by his wife. Like, he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, which, you know, is, again, one of those things that I feel like they could have probably developed a little bit more. Yeah, that B story just doesn't go anywhere. Well, the I get, whole d- adoption angle. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I get the impression that they can't have kids. Mm-hmm. Seems that way. Seems that they can't have kids and they've maybe struggled with it for years. And they talk about trying to adopt. I don't do the. I watched deleted scenes and I'm not sure. I didn't is see this scenes. in the movie or not where they're talking about how hard it is and how much money it's cost to adopt? I think that's a deleted scene. Yeah, I don't think that was in the one I watched. That. Yeah, I, it is a deleted scene. And I thought when I watched it, I was like, they. They, I know why they cut this out because they don't follow up on it, but mm-hmm. they should have followed up on it and left that in. And because this movie's only an hour twenty eight, yeah, it is short. They could have added in three more minutes to make that B story mean something, right? Yeah, because there's people that can have kids and stuff that have had kids that go on to do foster care and yeah. stuff. I've known people that have done that. Yeah, uh, but in this, there's kind of the subtext that maybe they can't have kids. Like there's yeah. that whole thing right when Andy gets to the house. And they show him that like little like porcelain figurine, uh-huh. and she's like, "It was my grandmother's, and it was my mother's, and it was mine." And Andy's like, "Who are you gonna give it to?" And she's like, mm. oh, "I don't know." And then you know another big piece of subtext that I picked up on. What was that? Whenever they're riding home with Andy after they pick him up from the foster home, they're like, "Hey, Andy, what's your favorite food?" Chocolate. No, no. And then he says eggs, and they're oh, like, "Yeah, we don't have any eggs at home." Oh, shit. <laughs> That's what they were trying exactly. to get at. Infertile. Infertile. That's what they were trying to say wow. right there. That's what they were trying to say. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I think that that angle could have been... After the husband dies, there should have been a little bit more time of processing and not reacting. Mm-hmm. Like, she immediately ra- reacts, and she's just like, you're out of here, you little kid. Like... He killed him or something like it, it, there's it. It's almost like, wait, was the husband the one who wanted the kids? Because you just turned on him immediately. <laughs> That's true. So like if they instead of that, if they had had her sort of process it a bit and struggle with giving Andy up. And then also if they had shown her death. Because she just yeah. dies off screen. And yeah, we, we see the aftermath yeah. of her sitting there at the sewing machine and stuff. Doesn't, doesn't Chucky like creep up on her with like a bed sheet and we see that he's like maybe going to strangle her, but we don't really we don't Yeah, really there's see some it, like lead up it. to it, but we don't see it. Yeah. And I feel like we would have needed to see it. We would have needed to process her death to care about all this. So like, yeah, that B story in the adoption angle really just doesn't go anywhere well here's the thing about it that i was kind of left with especially regarding some of the you know again the need for characters that were bigger louder mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of thing i'm going to talk about i think what really could have helped this movie and just imagine for a second if you will okay imagine if you had mm-hmm. a totally off the rails in his element in his fighting weight late 80s tim burton direct this movie 
Tell huh. me, it w- tell me, it wouldn't be better. I mean, it, it's Tim Burton E already because exactly. it's like dark but bright colors. Yep. Yeah. That's like, that's something that Kate pointed out while we were watching it. Yeah. Because like I was talking about how garish that house was, and then also just how crazy the factory looks. And she's like, "Yeah, it's very like Tim Burton." Mm-hmm. And it is if you think about yeah. like Batman Returns and shit like that. Yeah. Tim Burton could have smoked this movie and made some of these characters more outlandish and yeah. memorable and weird and eccentric. Because ultimately, when you get down to it, a lot of the locales and characters in this movie are so ordinary. And then you yes. have these things that are batshit wacky, like the factory at the end and, <laughs> yeah. the, and the beginning. Like the factory stuff in this movie is my favorite part. Yeah, it, it's the best. Of the movie. Uh-huh. It absolutely is. But also, I will sit here and tell you, it is way out of place in this movie. I know that the setup is that he told Andy the secret that he was actually Charles Lee Ray and now he has to use Andy to get his soul into a body. Get all up in him. I get that that's the pretense, but this would have been a better movie if you just dropped that and made it Chucky fighting his way out of this factory. Like, yeah, just basically fun. killing his way through security and stuff and trying to escape. Yeah. And then three could be him going after Andy. That you can work. go back to Andy if you want, but like part two, it would have been so much better. Just stay in that factory. Stay in the moments where it's real fun and funny and really cool creative deaths and stuff yeah exactly yeah. and may and again if you had a, a an early tim burton mm-hmm. directing this and making it bright and colorful but yeah. dark and strange yeah and humorous I but would, also grisly i really think that it could have worked i would dig that yeah. like imagine him making a movie about a doll that comes to life and kills adults like that yes. sounds like a Tim Burton <laughs> movie. Yeah, you just that say sounds it. like a Tim Burton movie. Already. You know, I think it could have yeah. worked. I honestly even think it would have been cool if here for the second movie of this franchise, if in the opening ten minutes the doll is resurrected, put back together, whatever, uh-huh. goes and actually successfully transfers himself into Andy's body. That could have been interesting. And yes. the rest of the movie is Killer Andy, Killer and we get to Andy. see that kid be dark and weird and fucked up yeah i would have been way on board with that yeah i think that is the disappointment of this sequel is that while it got a little funnier and a little more campy it didn't do much to progress the character it didn't world build yeah. at all yeah you know like in the first one there's so many memorable things that kind of flesh out that that world as far as like yeah. yeah you've got Andy who's really taking care of himself there's all this merchandise for the good guys dolls mm-hmm. there's all these memorable scenes like whenever he goes to that like crack house where Chucky kills yeah. his old partner and then there's like the voodoo house yeah that was all real interesting like what is this world what what is this spell he's saying and stuff yeah yeah and yeah here it just kind of like yeah, remember all that stuff from the first one? Yeah, that stuff. That's We're still, still doing that, yeah. Yeah, because ultimately this movie starts with the factory. Crazy, caught my interest. Uh-huh. Awesome opening scene. Goes to boring adoption stuff. Goes to boring house, boring school. <laughs> right. There's some other stuff. Back to the factory. Back awesome to the factory. Again. Fuck yeah. yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> as soon as the movie wound up, you know, for those last 20 minutes or so back at the factory, I was like... Yeah. 
fuck yes. And it the was whole great. Movie, yeah, I had been like, when are they bringing the factory back? Yeah. I want to go back to there. It looks... It's like all these primary colors. Like, mm-hmm. it's built out of Legos. Yes. And it's in the outskirts of Chicago. And though what the it fuck makes is this place? zero sense for a factory, it's got, like... The all the the dolls stacked up, but that they created like alleyways that twist and wind. Well, so that no they could, reason for that, but it makes it fucking fun. Well, they did it that way so they could just completely ape the end of The Shining. Yes, where you have a uh-huh. woman and a child being yeah. chased by something on a steady cam right. through a maze. I guess in The Shining, it's just obviously Danny. Right. But it felt like the shining ending sequence to mm-hmm. me. I feel like there's other homages. There's like Terminator homages. Oh in yeah, this. oh for sure. They're probably going to Chucky pulling to himself with his legs off and Terminator, stuff. Terminator. Um, like even at the beginning, it's like the rebuilding of the Terminator because like they Absolutely. start pulling off the the rubber and he's like metal underneath. Yeah, scraping the yeah. metal and stuff like that. Yeah, very, very, very much reminiscent of that. Which yeah. is kind of which is kind of meta. This yes exactly this uh, we, we talked about it with uh, 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 Sleepaway Camp two like yeah. this is the period where this meta stuff was starting to show up that would eventually be really well synthesized by Wes Craven Craven into Scream but like people were getting meta in these late eighties early nineties things in a way that's fun yeah. And, I really I dug that about this movie. I dug the fun part of it and wish that it had just been more fun. Yeah, that could have really improved it. The middle parts of the movie are really extremely forgettable. They are, you know, they are. And again, it's, to me, it's just because it's just ordinary places with ordinary people. Part three, I'll tell you this: way forgettable. Is it? Yeah, I like. It takes place like a military academy. It takes place in a military academy. There's like a lot of the, a lot of what's going on is the tension of being in a military academy. And it's like, again, there's a killer doll, guys. Let's focus on that. Yeah. A doll that kills. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, there are some good kills in part. Not that three is terrible. I, I, I've been trying to rank them in my head and it's real hard for me because I, I think three is maybe the weakest, but it's not a bad movie. All right. It's still watchable and still has some good parts to it. This movie's not great in comparison to some of the others, but it's also still fine. It's a quick movie. It's only an hour and 20. Yeah. It's not going to waste your time to or complain anything. about, yeah. but it could have been better. I think is the problem when you watch some of the, the, Chucky movies is that well this could have just been like just a small tweak and this could have been so much better right go ahead and spoil this for me because I'm really curious at the end of this movie after we see how Chucky dies which we'll talk about kills and stuff in this how do they bring Chucky back for three I'm curious (laughs) they 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 remelt he gets like basically remelted in with the other plastic and then remade it's it doesn't make a lot of sense it's kind of the freddy thing where it's just like who cares how he came back whatever he's back yeah i i kind of actually when the third one started it basically it starts in that factory but the factory hasn't been running for a while Mm -hmm. and then he basically they basically restart the factory but like the movie doesn't keep up like keep ele- like the third one that is doesn't keep elevating the humor which i think you need to do once you've introduced it you gotta yeah, keep right. elevating it 
And since it doesn't do that, it kind of falls flat. Mm. But then the the fourth and fifth one, they elevate the humor a lot. Like, the fifth one gets super ridiculous, but also still kind of fun. Okay. Whereas the third one just kind of falls flat. The second one, it's got its fun parts for sure. Including some of the kills and stuff in some this movie. Some great kills. There's some great kills yeah. in here. I wasn't really expecting that, you know? Because the, the first one... Again, I like the first one, but I wouldn't tell you it has a lot of really great, memorable kills. No. This has a handful that are actually yes. pretty fucking The plastic awesome. bag kill, even. like the, that, the was, Black that Christmas. Was, That's another homage. Yes. Black Christmas. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was going way different than stuff he had done in the first one. Right. By like being stealthy. And I thought they were going to keep that up. That's why I was kind of disappointed when he fights with Kyle a couple of times where they like physically kinda struggle. Grappling around. And I'm yeah. like, he's a goddamn doll. Yeah, that goes back to our complaint about the first one where we're like, okay, he's a doll. How much physical strength does he actually have? Right. So and he, you're also constantly wrestling with like, he's becoming more human. Okay, if you're a human that's the size of a baby doll... Yeah, it's not going to make you strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he's not becoming more Charles. He's not Ant-Man. Right. Like, yeah. He's not like Charles Lee Ray's strength, but in the size of a doll. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of unclear because there's some of the kills in this that I can give great, pa- you know, like free passes to where I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like he didn't need physical strength to pull off putting a bag around that guy's head right. yeah, and stuff like that. But there are a few that it's just like, okay. I would say that's where Bride of Chucky does real well, where they basically are doing stealth kills a lot and mm. Seed of Chucky the same where like the kills work because it doesn't require the doll to wrestle with a full-sized human got it yeah yeah that kind of breaks the illusion doesn't yeah, it? it does in this movie we've also got that awesome kill with the guy who is the i guess the lone technician in this automated uh-huh. doll factory <laughs> just late at night he's just hanging out the only guy there yeah sees a problem on the line and goes to check it out and gets his eyes doll-eyed that is fucking awesome it is cool it's i mean really i saw cool. it coming a hundred miles away yeah from the moment they show that thing at the beginning putting the eyes in the doll you're yeah. like oh that's somebody's brutal. getting that yeah. thing. somebody's <laughs> getting that dude yeah i guess it is back at the very first isn't yeah. it where the guy's like rebuilding the doll uh-huh. and the guy gets inexplicably electrocuted electrocuted yeah, yeah. does chucky have like some electric of, powers okay, what's going on in some ways this is a reboot of the first movie where Don Mancini is making it how they wanted to make it in the first one. How they originally had planned it was that as Charles Lee Ray got electrocuted, the um, factory of the dolls was next door and on the same electric line, and his soul got pulled through the electricity and put into the doll. So they kind of used that idea a little bit, yeah. That would have been cool. I mean, not that it makes any, any more sense, sense than no. voodoo. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, in this world, voodoo Voodoo's yeah. real. In this world, voodoo. Yeah. yeah. It's like fucking, I don't know. Dumbala. Scorpion gods and stuff like that yeah. are actually running the show. Yeah. That's uh, introduced by Tom Holland for the first one. And um, Don Mancini hated it. Really? And that's why the Chucky doll or the the good guy doll that they give to him that gets killed by Chucky 
is named Tommy. It's an Easter egg for Tommy. They were saying, basically, we're killing what Tom Holland did and burying it. Really? Yeah. Because I was really wondering about that. Because ultimately, Chucky goes into this foster care home, finds this other good guy doll. Uh He could just throw it in the alley. It's not like it's going to go and run away or run back to the house or just put it in the trash can or just garbage or whatever. But no, he hides it in a place where it's definitely going to get uncovered. Well, before (laughs) that, he fucking smashes its face in. Yeah. Like, he kills it. No reason for that. There's zero reason Why for is that. he angry at a good guy doll? I don't know. He's just angry, that Charles Lee Ray. Just an angry kind of fella. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the eyeball kill is great. I love the copy machine kill. I love that. Awesome, awesome, so awesome. So great. I love the photocopies coming out with, like, the cracked glass and the blood and Her stuff. exceedingly <clears throat> deader face. Yeah. In all sort of elements of distress. That cracked me up. That it was, was great. so fucking funny. To it me. really was. It was I mean, the good. fact that she gets like, I think she gets like stabbed or throat cut or something like that. Yeah. And then she kind of like stabbed. falls on yeah. this copy machine. Yeah. It, yeah. Hilarious. It's, it's ridiculous and therefore works very well in this sort of campy movie, which is, again, they should have just stayed sort of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, don't have him actually fight with a like have him go to fight with kyle and kyle just push him and he goes flying across the room Mm -hmm. that's funny and more accurate it keeps up the the humor value and also reminds us yeah he's a doll and no he couldn't take down an adult (laughs) his dolliness in terms of his essence of how much of a doll he is right (laughs) is kind of convenience based it is he can be full on doll if he needs to hide. Yeah. But if he wants to be Charles Lee Ray killer, he looks like menacing and shit. Menacing. Yeah. And, and he has uh, nosebleeds. He, and, yeah. He get, but he's got more articulation in his face than normal. Right. So like one example that I was thinking of in particular uh-huh. about when it's convenient for him to be a doll mm-hmm. is that scene where... Andy's getting ticked off that the doll has like tied him up in bed, which is real rapey, by the way. Yeah, when he says, uh, let's play hide the soul. Yeah. That's gross. This is the same serial killer doll that said, I have a date with a six-year-old boy or yeah. whatever in the first one. Mm-hmm. Same guy. So, yeah, little little sketch right there. Well, I, I think like it is, it is sketchy, but I think like Chucky plays that up because oh, yeah, he's totally. like I, I don't see care. I don't care is. what people think about me. I'm gonna make a joke about molesting a kid. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. But after all that hullabaloo, the dad decides to throw the doll down the stairs into the basement. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, whenever he's at the top of the staircase, which is like ten or fifteen feet high, right, and he throws Chucky to the bottom of the stairs, which is on a concrete floor. What if his head would have just busted like a pumpkin full of blood and brains? And the dad would have been like, (laughs) what the fuck have I done? And Andy would be like, you saved us all. Credits. And then he would be like, I'm going to adopt you, son. (laughs) Because, you know, really, it's like if he's going to get nosebleeds and stuff like that and be that delicate. Yes. Getting thrown down the stairs, you should die. And also, if you... If you can just grab him and throw him down the stairs, when he jumps on Kyle's back, yeah, just reach back there, grab him, throw him, chuck him, yeah, the end, yeah, bye, Chucky. 
grab by the leg and just like like Hulk does to Loki yeah, in the event, just bam, whip him over. It's done. <laughs> but I will say that the humanization of Chucky and the way that he gets progressively more gored and bloody and yeah. nasty in this is really effective to me, and I'm not sure why. When he pulls his own hand off, because Dude, it gets brutal. Caught, that's very brutal. He's just like, Argh! you know why? It's because Brad Dorff's fucking voice acting is yeah, what draws you in. Extremely, extremely I mean, convincing. The face is also well articulated. It is, yeah. But Brad Dorff, like, he's he's. A treasure, so yeah, fucking awesome. awesome. Well, and too, like when he gets like stuck in that little uh, the the articulation box thing, mm-hmm. like sticks all the arms onto the dolls. Yeah, and, stuff. and he's just screaming. Yeah, it's extremely convincing. Yes, he's great. His voice acting so in this is amazing, dude. Yeah, but he has that scene where he gets his hand caught under that gate and uh-huh. he pulls it off, and it's just like meat on a stump. Yeah. And then he, again, another horror tribute, Evil Dad's that shit. Uh-huh. Sticks Shoves a knife a into his stump. Knife. Yes. Awesome. Goddamn right. So sick. Like, that was so good. Yeah. And again, just painful and disgusting, even yeah. though you're just watching a doll. For some reason, it really grossed me out. Yes. Same with when his legs are off. Uh-huh. And he's just crawling. Oh, my oh, God, man. dude. It's awesome. Extremely, extremely weird to me. And I'm not exactly sure why i guess the idea that your dolls are full of meat and blood that is gross when you say it that way you realize (laughs) why it's so strange i guess i got you this meat and blood doll (laughs) pass not interesting not a fan what do you think about the way that chucky is dispatched in this because he dies like three times he does and um i think it's real great that he's becoming more human throughout the movie Mm -hmm. and his death is being encased in plastic which is like for a movie that doesn't have a whole lot of nuance to it that's a very nuanced death saying that this guy basically already is dead because he's encased in plastic just taking that death and saying like look this yeah this is what that is you're already dead because the spell didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, he, he finally captures Andy. That's sort trusts of, the spell. Doesn't really do it. kind of becomes a little running sort of joke almost is that the spell doesn't ever seem to fucking work in any of the hmm. movies except for when Jennifer Tilly uh, becomes the, 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 whatever. The, the bride of Chucky. The bride yeah. of Chucky's Came name, name yeah. is. Yeah. It's kind of a running joke that that spell just never works and i think that is again don mancini's hatred for the voodoo element like Mm. he he said very specifically in interviews that he hates the voodoo element but can't get rid of it because it's it's part of the series it's from the original Mm -hmm. so he's had to keep it and so to make it kind of a running joke i make it it not work yeah make it not work that's kind of fun actually when you get down to it i feel like there's sort of a subtext about late 80s early 90s trickle down economics Uh reaganomics Uh yuppies in this movie that never really pays off all right let me hear about it so okay so again whenever they pick up andy we talked about the scene a second ago they ask him what his favorite foods are and he says he like he likes eggs Uh because he's making eggs the family the the foster mom and dad are like we don't have any at home. We'll have to stop by the organic market and pick some up. Uh-huh. Which, you know, nowadays... That's no big yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, it's like... Stop by the organic market, okay. Yeah, here's the thing. Yuppies won. 
But I'll say this. Yuppies, if they did win and the winning for them is us having organic eggs accessible to us, <laughs> it's not so bad. It's not so bad. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is like, okay, <laughs> you know, again, them saying we need to stop by the organic store and pick up some farm eggs right. or whatever. It's like nowadays it's like, well, yeah, you do. They, uh, they're much better for you and yeah. vegetarian diet, yada, yada. Right. At the time in the late 80s, that was... Not yeah, that the was norm. nuts. Yeah, they were. They would seem nuts just by fostering kids in the eighties. Honestly, yeah, like it was still like scary. Right, the idea to bring this strange child into your house. So, and this actually plays that out where the strange child does kind of end up being the death of them. It's true. Yeah, yeah. And then they kind of try to play that out more when the dad is like, "Well, do you like sushi?" Yeah, sushi, again, uh, in modern day, you'd be like, yeah, sushi, you can get that at the gas station. Yeah. But in the 80s, saying sushi meant like, wait, what? Yeah. Have you been to Tokyo? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, like, they're really trying to play that up. It kind of reminds me of, like, the the neighbor couple in Christmas Vacation. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, where I think they Julie have like... Julie Louis-Dreyfus? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have like margaritas and I think yeah. they have like sushi on Christmas and stuff. I do remember a time when margaritas were exotic. Do you... Right. This was like totally. late 80s, early 90s here in the South, at least. Right. Margaritas were an exotic thing. It was yeah. like, dude, what a frozen liquor drink that tastes delicious. With booze from south of the border in Mexico. What? Are you kidding me? There's criminals there. I'll have one of these margaritas. Is that how it's pronounced? <laughs> Is that how you say? <laughs> Como se margaritas? <laughs> Como se margaritas. <laughs> Quote, our mothers in the late yeah. 80s. Oh my God. I'm, I may have said this before, but my mother, um, every time... El Cezanne was like the Mexican restaurant in this area. Yeah, yeah. This is a a long-standing Mexican restaurant. Actually ate there tonight. Yeah, Yeah. not bad. Still a good restaurant. Still makes good food. Um, But my mom would always get the chili relleno. Oh, yeah, the relleno. delicious. Double L in, though. That's treacherous for whiteies. Oh, boy. Boy, my mother called it everything, not even close to that, but most often called it Chili Roloni. <laughs> I'll have the Chili Roloni. <laughs> That's probably the whitest yeah. thing I've ever heard. Yep. Yep. And the servers would just be like, okay. Uh, we got <laughs> I, it. I got it. I yeah. know what you mean. <laughs> My God, man. That's hilarious. So, yeah, they're trying to play them up as being yuppies because they want organic eggs and sushi. And then there's this also this other scene where, you know, again, there's that... Uh, the, the kind of henchman guy, the Maxwell guy that takes the Chucky mm-hmm. doll home from the, the factory. Yeah. The guy that's kind of like set to the task of burying this whole thing and yeah. making it so it doesn't exist. So he's on the phone uh-huh. with on his, his girlfriend. Car phone. On his car phone. Yeah. Right. And he's talking to this chick and they're celebrating their two-week anniversary. Yeah, he's cheating on his wife with this woman. Okay, so... I didn't get the cheating on the wife scene. Yeah, it was deleted. It's a deleted scene, yeah. I didn't get that. So in mine, it was just like, oh, he's on the phone with his girlfriend. Right, he's just scuzzy with his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking... he's even more scuzzy. Right. Well, because I was kind of thinking, it's like, is the two-week anniversary the vodka anniversary? Like, one one year is your paper anniversary or whatever? First off, I hope that's true. Yeah? It should be the vodka anniversary. (laughs) 
But also, he says to her, I know what that stuff does to you. Uh, it gets you drunk? What do you mean? I guess so. Vodka is not, like, no one ever says, I'm a mean vodka drunk. <laughs> like, people are like, oh, I can't, I can't have brown liquor. I get wild. Or yeah, I can't tequila have tequila. Makes my clothes fall off. I can't have vodka because it makes me get drunk. You know what that stuff does to me. I will be drunk. It's pretty neutral tasting. Yep. And it will inebriate <laughs> me. Yeah, that's true. Doesn't really do much, honestly. No, it just gets you drunk. That's what it is. So this guy goes into the liquor store and here's the thing about it. He goes in there, he gets a bottle of liquor, he tries to pay for it with his like Amex like gold card. Right, He's right. Like, it's as good as cash. You're fucking right. I didn't notice all this yuppie stuff yeah. until you started talking about it. Yeah. So the guy turns him down and is like, it's not accepted here. Yeah. Which ultimately lends nothing to the storyline. No. If he just would have gone in there and got a bottle of vodka yeah. and paid for you it. You didn't even need to show the interior shot. Just no. show him walking out of the store with a bag. Yeah, because ultimately he needs to get out of the car so that Chucky yeah. can make the phone call to find out where Andy is, yes. right? So ultimately showing what happens inside the liquor store has no consequence. Right. So whether he would have got it or they're not, really trying matter. to focus our point at this, this yeah. yuppiness. Yeah. This guy has plastic and it's as good hmm. as cash, but it's not accepted. Yeah. So he's kind of helpless in that wow. way. But I don't really know what they're trying to say there because it never exactly pays off. Like there's nothing think, in here yeah, that ever really goes anywhere. There must have been there had to have been some way that the adoption storyline and this yuppie stuff all came together and paid off, but then they were just like it's not necessary for a horror movie. To I think do so. That. Yeah. Well, because especially considering that, you know, again, the movie's like an hour 28. Yeah, it's real short. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that got cut. Yeah, out of the, the cutscenes that I saw were mostly just extended versions of conversations. Like yeah. Andy talked a good bit more to the psychiatrist guy. Um, that the assistant guy talked to his wife and then called his mistress. So there was just a little bit more explanation and a little bit more exposition but i guess anything that would have been more to those storylines or themes was never even shot no it was not a huge budget movie 13 million but that's not a small budget mm-hmm. well, especially 1990 i mean yeah i mean definitely they spent a good bit of money on effects like it looks great yeah it, does. Like, it still holds up and the doll I think the doll in part two looks better than the doll in some of the the more recent ones. I mean, I saw the trailer for the new one, and it's like a CGI oh, it looks doll. It looks fucking yeah. awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, there's no excuse no. for a movie from 1990 looking better than your movie that has a budget that's <laughs> really 10 times isn't. as much. There's I no mean, excuse, I know man. it takes more work to create this puppet, robotic puppet. Here's the thing, though. Does it... Because if you're talking about making an animatronic figure that looks right. humanoid, yes, CGI is cheaper. Absolutely. Sure. But if you're doing a doll... That's the great thing about doing yeah. Chucky, is like, it ultimately should look like a toy. Yeah. It should look like it has points of articulation. Yeah. You know? So, that's to your advantage. Exactly. That you should make, make the whole process easier. As toy-like as you want. Yeah. Yeah. So instead, when you do it as CGI and everything looks all smooth and shiny, that isn't what a toy looks like. Right. You know? And it is a real disappointment to think that, like, like Kevin Yeager made this 
awesome doll that still exists somewhere, most likely. All they'd have to do is reskin it for a new movie. No shit, right? And it would look just as good as it did in 1990. Yeah. And that guy's uh, an effects whiz. He's oh, worked yeah. on all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he worked on uh, the first three Nightmare on Elm Streets. His first major credit was uh, the Friday the 13th Part 4, which we just did. He, so he worked with Tom Savini. Oh, no shit. He worked on made, that. You know, some of that stuff that we saw in the they room. Made that, that hand yeah. that got all split down the middle and wiggled right. around or something. That's he, pretty cool. Yeah, so he, he got to do some great stuff in those movies. I mean, uh, Friday, Friday the 13th 1 through 3, that includes... Uh, part three with the Freddy snake that was badass. Oh like yeah. The, oh, the part three also has the Welcome to Prime Time bitch, which is awesome. Yeah, the TV head kill. Yeah, he so he's worked on a ton of great stuff, and he he created the design for Chucky and made Chucky. Hmm. So Chucky is like his baby, and he made this really great looking fucking robotic model. I I don't know why you wouldn't just keep using it. Yeah, I don't understand. I think a lot of it is that it's easier on set. I'm starting to understand from watching the documentaries and stuff that I've watched for movies up to this point. It's easier on set to say, it's going to be that tennis ball over there. Just look at it and say you're lying. Right. Than to have to deal with all of the moving parts that are the practical effects while also having actors act against it. Mm -hmm. I think maybe that has a lot to do with it, that it's just easier to get it in the can and then deal with everything in post than it is to do all that stuff on set. Yeah, probably so. I didn't get to watch any of the making of stuff. Was there some cool features and things in there? Um, Well, I watched the deleted scenes. I also watched an interview with Don Mancini, but like I didn't like there was some cool stuff about the effects uh, uh, and how they made the doll. Yeah, that was cool. But beyond that, the the DVD doesn't have a whole lot going more than that. It was about f- a five minute explanation oh, of wow. how they made the Chucky doll. It was cool, but not much. Right. Yeah. What do you think about the soundtrack work in this? I mean, I liked that it. it was a bit more childish than yeah. the original. Is like you know the big swelling score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this Graham Revel, who has worked on a ton of things, he made it a bit more like toy like, childish. Yeah, just but it's like the pipe organ theme right. is kind of the main thing here, which is cool. Yeah, but it doesn't stand out. It's no. not like it's not a big draw to the movie. Yeah. The original had this cool theme with like uh, kind of orchestral bells and yes. things like this that kind of reminded me of that theme that you hear in Trick or Treat. Uh-huh. It's kind of a similar yeah. thing with a, ah, uh-huh. ah, that yeah. thing, you know? It kind of reminded me of that, which I liked a lot. But in this, yeah, it's this pipe organ theme. To me, I don't know, like, it's serviceable. It's not yeah, memorable. It's not bad. It never pulled me out of the movie. It never... Uh, exactly distracted me or enhanced anything per se. No. Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. I do like that because in the first one, I don't know if you remember the lightning effects. I don't know that I do. Like Remind in the me. opening, the lightning effects, they just looked so. It, it obviously looked like a miniature with uh, oh, like a double that, exposure background. It kind of looked like Ghostbusters. Kind of looked like Ghostbusters, and, yeah. And in this one, he's doing the spell in the toy factory. There's kind of the swelling cloud effect yeah. that reminded me of Ghostbusters. Exactly, well. yeah. It yeah. looks more like cotton over a, a, yeah. a mini um, factory than right. in reality. 
I, I like that they kept some of that, but I also like that the electricity effect in comparison to their lightning effect from the first one looked, it looked more cartoony, but it also looked better. Right. It yeah. didn't it look. Worked. Yeah. It, I, I don't know. I think everything in this uh, visually was done pretty pretty perfect i can't complain about much yeah. honestly as far like, as the visuals go like yeah. there wasn't really a lot of things where i was like okay that was fucking fake or whatever yeah it looked pretty damn good uh, but yeah from a storytelling perspective i i would have expected either they leaned more into chucky mm-hmm. make the b story some more like detail about his life or something or actually develop the andy b story but either way it goes like just a stronger secondary through line in the movie would have made it because you know as as we said that middle part is just it's sort of a drag like you get the teacher kill and then by the time he gets to killing the foster parents that's basically it's all downhill yeah after yeah that you're kind of getting to the accelerated yeah. ending of the movie by then so there's like just this big segment where it's just sort of exposition about hanging adopting yeah. and yeah and we learn that Kyle has been in a bunch of foster homes, but it's like, well, you could have said that in one sentence and we would have gotten it. Yeah, you don't have to much. keep going over it. Uh, but still, this isn't a terrible movie. No, it's not. And yeah. fortunately, it's like the middle part of this movie, when you're talking about a movie that is an hour and 20 minutes long. Yeah. Middle part's not that long. Shouldn't be dragging. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing, right? Yeah, uh-huh. it's like when it's ultimately this fast-paced of a movie, it shouldn't be dragging. I never really got bored during the movie. No. It never really, like, uh, I never really got my attention diverted or anything like that. But ultimately, looking back on it, I was like, yeah, the middle part of the movie was pretty dull. I, I think it's because, because it doesn't have a resolution, because the middle part is so much about uh, fostering and adoption. But then there's no resolution to that. Yeah. It just like while it's happening, it's like, well, this is flying along at a normal pace. But then when nothing comes of it, it's like, well, what the fuck did I waste all my time paying attention That's to the that thing, for? Yeah. Right. And it's weird too when knowing that in the first movie, Andy gets thrown into this like Dickensian child prison. Yeah. For nothing. <laughs> it's crazy. And then in this, he basically is caught red-handed, seemingly having murdered his foster dad. It's uh-huh. just like, I don't know, back to the foster home. Somebody yeah, else will adopt you or whatever. <laughs> you ever thought about how bad Andy's life sucks? It's like, real how bad. bad, especially for like a horror movie character. How bad his life fucking sucks. Like other characters in horror movies. Okay. I would compare him to Tommy. That would be my immediate comparison because he's in three yeah. Friday movies. Or maybe like, is anybody in, oh, isn't Alice? She's in a couple of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yeah, well, Kirsten is in a few. Kirsten's of, or, in a couple. Kristen, whichever way she's in Kirsten or Kristen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's in a couple of them. But yeah. it's like, ultimately, you know, even even like Laurie Strode still smoke right. pot and fooled around. Uh-huh. But... Andy in this is like he's just, a, a, kid. He's just a kid who wanted yeah. a doll. Yeah. Like he did nothing to what? deserve having this like maniac killer. I think maybe that's why the third one doesn't it's people don't love it because Andy we feel sorry for Andy. Yeah. And then he gets sucks. thrown into this military school and people treat him like shit and it's like okay, hold on. His life fucking sucks. Like, yeah. why throw him in a situation where it's even worse? Yeah. Like, we want to see Andy succeed, not get, like, his face ground in the dirt. Right. 
I would have loved to have seen Prince Humperdinck from the first one come back. Right. It kind of made no <laughs> sense for me for him to be like, oh, the, the cops denied any of this happened. And it's like, yeah. I don't know, Humperdinck and like another officer saw the doll come yeah. to life and try to kill in them. The, they put the mother in a insane asylum or something? Is it's that? all just this convenience. Like, I don't know, get these characters out of the movie. Yeah. They have too much to say. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. They, yeah, that yeah, they could have just cut the whole Foster storyline entirely. Had their mother and Humperdinck come back as like a couple, and then like because you don't need Andy trying to convince his parents that Chucky's real. Just have him at school trying to convince uh, other students or teachers or like he's in all these other situations yeah. where he's got to do this. Um, because it, even his attempts. At convincing the foster parents is just like very beginning. And then he's like, uh, he overhears the foster dad saying he doesn't know if he can like do Deal this. Him, yeah. And Andy's like, oh, okay, well, I'll try to like get past my fear of the good guy doll. Like he actually, Andy makes this decision and works at trying to not be afraid of this Tommy doll. Yeah, which is real fucked up. It is. It's like real he's sad, man. He's, yes, it's he don't have his fucking mom. He's like, oh, okay, they're going to take me back to the foster home if I don't do this, so I'll, I guess I'll, I'll confront like the thing that uh. tried to kill me and my mom and just deal with it. That sucks. It's real sad. Andy's yeah. life sucks. It really does, man. <laughs> he's been through more shit. By the time he reaches double digits, then most yeah. people go through their entire lives. Yeah. That sucks. It's sad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Overall, this movie's fine. It is. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't like it as much as I like the first one. I know it seems like a lot of people like this one more. It seems to be kind of a, a consensus. Well, among I a think lot the camp like factor more. and the kills the are kills more are creative. Better. Yeah. But so, overall, it just yeah. doesn't have as many like memorable beats to me as, as no. the first one does. And there was potential for more. Again, I think a director with a more uh, dark kind of vibe, again, like a Tim Burton, yeah. like I was saying earlier, I think could have done this movie justice and brought some new, weird and interesting points to it from yeah. the angles of consumerism and stuff like that. I think that could have been cool, especially considering that the late 80s and early 90s were, I mean... A, a pinnacle of consumerism. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I think that it could have been more interesting, but in terms of a sequel, in terms of a, a, a part two, there's worse. Oh, yeah. There's definitely worse. Um, for better sure. Better than Halloween 2. Better than Halloween 2, I would say. Uh, maybe on par with Hellraiser 2. Maybe a little better. Maybe, maybe a little not. better. I, yeah. I mean, Hellraiser 2's visuals were great. Yeah, it's got and, it's got a few scenes in there that are yeah. pretty unforgettable. But honestly, the story yeah, the story doesn't make much sense. Yeah, good. yeah. So it's it's not a bad part two. Yeah. for a horror franchise. I think if I'm gonna get on to the ratings phase mm-hmm. and give this thing kind of an overall solid beat down, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think that uh, I think something in the area of six. Seems pretty okay for fair. this movie, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I mean, again, it's like it's not great, but it also uh-huh. doesn't take up your whole day to watch it. It's true. Some good kills. Yeah, Brad Dorf is fucking awesome. He is so good. All the 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 toy factory stuff is amazing. Uh huh. Again, like seeing Chucky like ripped in half, and then getting amalgamated with all those toy pieces so like shoved cool. onto his body is crazy. Yes, and then blown up and exploded. 
the the exploding part like <laughs> it's so over the top it's awesome perfect well here's the here's one thing you know we were talking earlier about how those you know we reminisce about those those 80s video games and stuff like that and how they were so good uh-huh. and how that's not all that true i will tell you one thing that is true in the 80s and early 90s a slow motion explosion yeah was truly a thing of glory. It like, was. If you're talking about like a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man exploding uh-huh. and all that like fluff <laughs> and filament flying everywhere, Chucky in this one with all that plasticized shit yeah. blowing up and spattering everybody, <laughs> they did a lot of slow-mo explosions back in the day that looked awesome, and we don't yeah. have enough of those anymore. It's true. We don't. Because uh, I think, because in, in practical terms... Most explosions have been replaced by computer-generated right. explosions. Um, because it is entirely unsafe to just explode stuff for fun. Oh, dude, I can't even imagine the, the fumes coming off of all this melting plastic yeah. and shit in this. But, man, it was a good time. Just seeing stuff explode. I mean, we just talked Love about it. it with Friday the 13th Part 4. The opening is the fucking mask exploding. <laughs> yeah. Like... Exploding was kind of the cool thing to do when we yeah. were kids. Yes, it was. It really was. <laughs> it's kind of the thing. Like I, I had such a. I was so obsessed with um. What is that called? Uh, spontaneous human combustion. Oh, I was yes. so obsessed with that as a kid. Was it from the Unsolved Mysteries episode yes. about it? Fuck yeah. Of me course too, it dude. was. Oh man, they talked about a couple cases of it. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated. Absolutely man. fascinated. The, do you think? Like, do you think like young boys are? as into blowing stuff up and setting stuff on fire as we were no. in like the eighties. I don't think they were. Either. I don't think they were before that either. Uh, 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 some of this, they talked about in that the toys that made us. Yeah. Yeah. But basically so a lot of what we consider boys will be boys and masculinity today comes from in the eighties, them branching from uh, really focusing on just trying to get kids to play with their toys to, Trying to get boys to play with specific toys and girls to play with specific toys. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of created the ideas that so many people our age have in their head that men are supposed to be this way. And it's always been like that. But it, it wasn't always like that. Right. Um, it just kind of got created when we were kids. But I did love blowing some stuff up when I was a kid. I'll tell you that. Here's the thing. is I think all of us would love blowing stuff up. It wasn't uh, yeah. just a boys thing. I think yeah. we all would have loved it. Yeah, they could have right. been like they could have been like, Kids "Hey, are girls, destructive little let's fucking destroy things. shit." And girls would have been like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." I think that you're probably right about yeah. that. I think you're probably right. So, uh, um, ranking, uh, I, I liked this a little bit better than uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. So five and a half, five and a half. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Jane Doe is your five. Yeah, and I this think this is definitely more fun to watch. It's than more that. fun. It's more fun, and I think the story makes. I mean, the parts that don't have to make sense make as much sense as they need to. I mean, how did and he then, hang up that guy that had his eyes replaced? Exactly. At the end? Like, it happened in like 30 seconds. And, and his why legs was he still off. swinging? I don't know. <laughs> also, I don't really think that would kill you. No, it wouldn't. You'd Having be your eyes poked out, that doesn't kill you. Yeah. Yeah, no, not really. But still, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Have fun watch. I think five and a half and six. I think that's a yeah. pretty fair verdict for this. So watch it if you uh, like Child's Play or if you've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Now, Steve, next week on this show, 
We're going to be talking about dog soldiers. We're going to be howling at the June. Woo! Thanksgiving bigger day. Howling at June. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I'm excited to talk about this one. I think I've seen it, I but I'm not, not sure. I have not. I've read about it a number of times, uh, like recommended horror movie list it's it's on yeah, there it's very on often. a lot of those like best it's neil marshall ever. and we did the descent um oh it's the same guy uh, yeah same Ooh, guy okay so I'm intrigue yeah so is it british well uh because if it is i, mean, I think i've seen this okay maybe you have then because like i remember watching a movie in college that was a werewolf movie and it had a military vibe uh-huh and it was british okay but I wasn't doing well, a Neil podcast Marshall back then. Is so. ish. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So yeah, I I I really don't know anything about it other than it's got werewolves. Oh my god! Oh my werewolves. god! I'm a werewolf. Holy cow! Scientology. <laughs> oh, this is crazy. John Travolta. Can you imagine if John Travolta and Jimmy Fallon were hanging out? Oh my god! Oh my dude. god! This is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, this yeah, is the craziest yeah, thing yeah, ever happened. It's crazy. Gosh, oh my gosh. I can't do Jimmy Fallon. I just realized. Yeah, that's just kind of wild now <laughs> over there, I guess. But we get what you meant. We get what you meant. We're oh gonna try. Gosh. We're gonna try not to do our John Travolta impressions the entire episode <laughs> next time. But I make no guarantees. So you guys be yeah. sure to tune in next week when we cover dog soldiers and talk about all kinds of other shenanigans. Uh, you guys who enjoy our show, please be sure to rate and review on iTunes. And if it. you want to say thanks, be sure to support us on Patreon. We have a Patreon yeah. account that is just killing it. It really is. Patreon.com slash dead and lovely. Thanks so much to all of our donators. We got some new patrons to thank this Woo. week. Let's thank Sam Delvis. Thanks, Sam Delvis. Or Delves. Delves, perhaps. Oh, shit. What if it's Sam the elves like Sam of the elves. elves he is an elven man <laughs> Sam, girl. what do elven i see sam could be a girl name that's true he could be samantha he could be samson i don't know i've seen some androgynous elves in my time i'll tell you that whoa androgyny mm-hmm. <laughs> we also would like to thank jeremy loki or losi yeah i'm gonna say right. loki because he seems like a trickster. Cover basis. He's a good boy. He picks a gritar. He does pick a gritar. Yeah, I've he heard does. about that. He's been known to pick a few. Like to thank Josh Roundtree. Roundtree. Round and round. Oh, what goes around comes around. Yeah. Given time. Rat <laughs> style. Do you remember Roundhouse on Snick? Roundhouse. Roundhouse. It's kind of a musical theater show. No. It was fun. Yeah, it was a fun. I think if I can check that one out. Roundtree. Like to thank Kevin Corey. What Thanks, is it? Kevin Corey. Is it Kevin Corey or his name Corey Kevin and he makes it up because he's a high school gym teacher? Ooh. He's got two thirds of a serial killer name right there. Two first oh, names. Shit. He just needs a last name and he's going to serial kill he, the hell out of us. He also, both of his names are kind of like he's a heartthrob. Kevin Corey. Like could his last be. name could be a heartthrob. Maybe he's a Hemsworth. Ooh, I We'd like, like that. to thank Kevin Corey Hemsworth. Handsome. For, I would think you'd have more money. Yeah. You'd probably just donate like $1,000 a month. Maybe. Why not? <laughs> We'd like to thank Hindsight Horror, another horror podcast donated Look money out. to us. A rising tide raises all ships. Thank you all that so is much. True. Good boys. Good and people. Good people. Good boys. Good people. Etc. 
we would like to thank Captain John T. Captain John T. <laughs> yeah. JCM Les Paul. The SS Les Paul. Not really sure. Uh, I hope that is his name. Yeah. Captain I'm pretty John sure it T. is. Pretty yeah. sure that it is. Thank you guys so much for supporting us on the Patreon and stuff. You guys are better than we deserve. Steve, where, they, where can they follow us on the social medias? At Dead Lovely Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We you have say. a group on Facebook, the horror, the Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast group. You don't say. Uh, we also have a Discord server. If you like the link to that, you can email me or you can just go to the Facebook and search Discord. And boy, it'll pop right up. Oh, you don't say. I do say. Well, look yeah. out. Look at that. Um, also, I love you. Oh, Bye, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll catch you all next week for Dog Soldiers. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> I wish that Jim Ross could comment on basically every event. Yeah. Like parades, anything. I bet he would if you're around him. Like, if, if you were at a family reunion and he happened to be there, he'd be like, family reunion's not knowing so well and not enough ribs for everybody to go around. I need more barbecue sauce on them <laughs> ribs. They're drier than a damn desert in July. <laughs> barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. Half my face wasn't working for a while. <laughs> it's looking like... Uncle James has had five too many beers. Five too many beers. He's busted open the topic of politics wide open. (laughs) Oh, damn. The carnage. The carnage in the gazebo. (laughs)